Good morning. I'm privileged today to be leading our congregation in prayer. My name is Ron Berglund, and I thank you for joining me with our hearts centered on God, and I hope you prayed through those songs of challenge that tell us to commit ourselves totally to him. Father, thank you so much for this wonderful church and for the wonderful privilege that you give us each Sunday to meet together, to praise you, and to learn from you. I want to commit uh, uh, Gary to you today as he shares your word. And I had a preview earlier, and I know it was really worth listening to. And I thank you so much for that wonderful word. I pray that every one of us will have our ears tuned to the message that comes from you. Thank you for the missionaries that we can help. I want to pray for Corey and Carrie, Carrie uh, in Mexico, getting ready to send out nine families of new missionaries out to reach into darkened areas in the world. I thank you for them, Lord, and I pray for each one that you would provide for them, that you would enlighten them and give them a joy. I pray for uh, Joel. Lord, help him keep that smile as he gets started in his ministry and be a blessing to those that he has opportunity to witness to. Thank you so much for sending him forth. <clears throat> God, we... Uh, considered a joy to worship you today and and to worship together and I want to commit our whole hour to you in our time of communion later and I pray Lord that you would uh, just renew in our hearts that commitment that we need to make for this coming year to seek you every day to pray and to read your word and to follow you closely each step of the way. Thank you for the new year before us. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a real privilege to be able to uh, pinch hit for, for Chad today and to share God's Word with everybody here. And um, um, people who, who know me, um, this won't be a surprise necessarily, but I, I would like to talk with you. I'm not much of a preacher, uh, but I would like to talk with you because I think that we can carry on a holy conversation uh, before the Lord, letting him talk to me, hopefully through me, and to you. And so, um, it's obvious that uh, this is a pretty significant time, just due to the fact that uh, it's the second day of 2022, um, and it's probably pretty obvious that any message that you'd hear in any, any church uh, at this particular hour or be something about the new year. And so I'm not going to um, do anything particularly different there, but I want to share with you all. I want to share with you all um, four things that have been on my heart and on my mind 
as I have thought about uh, 2022. And um, um, any one of these things could be something that uh, a person could do a, a total sermon and message on. But today I just want to hit hopefully the bullseye on, on these particular four uh, words from the Lord for 2022. And to begin with, I think that one of the things that I recognize and you recognize, if not you, maybe somebody to your right or your left, if not someone in the same row as you, you know somebody who this past year and past two years has just really been, really been heavy. The losses, the losses of life, the losses of job, the losses of income, the losses of, of the opportunity to gather, all those sorts of things have, we, we felt these. And so for 2022, and I don't know that externally things are going to be much different, but I know this, that point one, God is the God and the only God of all comfort. Our God is the God of all comfort. Paul puts it this way, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction. The passage goes on to say, so that we might be able to be a comfort to others. And I just thank, I just thank the Lord right now that, that the God that we worship, the God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is the God that unabashedly, unashamedly, and and in greatest generosity, says to you and to me, I'm the God of all comfort. I'm the God of all comfort. Whatever the needs for your comfort are right now, or whatever they might be in 2022, if you belong to Jesus Christ, you belong to the one who is the God of all comfort. I'm thinking of the old hymn, there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest, near to the heart of God. A second verse goes, there is a place of comfort sweet, near to the heart of God, a place where we are Savior meet near to the heart of God. Oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before Thee near to the heart of God. That's where I want to be in 2022. That's where I need to be. Second thing I want to share ever so briefly is that our God is the only God of hope. 
our God is the only God of hope. And in Romans 15, 13, towards the end of that great, great book of Scripture that, uh, that Kevin's going to uh, share with those in that class, probably will only take a month, won't it, uh, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> uh, towards the end of that, that, that great book of Scripture, Paul says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you might abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And a few months ago, probably a year into the pandemic, I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about and was reminded of that another old hymn that goes like this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And then in my little written meditation to myself, I put in parentheses, always has been, always will be. That is, the sinking sand. I don't know where your hope or my hope necessarily has been in the last year. But if it's been on anything other than Jesus Christ, that's sinking sand. Always has been, always will be. But in Christ, we have faith which is connected to hope and hope which yields comfort. And um, I'm just grateful that in 2022, I can place my hope in the one who's the God of all hope. And I don't have to place my hope anywhere else. We'll look at some of those options that are sinking sand in a few minutes. So, the God of comfort, the God of hope. And then I want to spend a little bit more time considering the fact that our God is the God and the only God of life and purpose. And we're going to spend a little time on that because uh, I want to flesh it out a bit. Jesus in his high priestly prayer, which one might really call the Lord's Prayer because he's, he's praying in John chapter 17 for his disciples, but he's praying for everybody in this particular congregation right now. Every believer. He's praying for them. And he says at the beginning to his Father that you've granted the Son to give eternal life. And then he says, in this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And I want to talk a little bit about life eternal and knowing God and Jesus Christ. All of us need to actually experience and walk in life eternal, as opposed to just waiting for heaven. 
When you gave your life to Christ, that was the beginning of life eternal. You aren't waiting for life eternal if you're a Christian. God gave life eternal to you to experience right now if you've given your life to Jesus Christ. And so eternal life is not something, brothers and sisters, that is just a future event. In 2022, I want to recognize that because I want to grow in eternal life. I want to experience eternal life. And then Jesus says, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And, and that, again, is a dynamic sort of thing. Knowing God in Jesus, brothers and sisters, is not static. It's not static. It's not a frozen in time thing. Well, back uh, in 2003, I opened my life to Jesus Christ, and I've come to know him then. Knowing Jesus Christ is something that is dynamic, it's vital, and it's an invitation that begins the day that you've opened your life to Christ. So in 2022, I want to get to know him better. I want to know him more. I want to, I want to, to, to enter into that relationship, which incidentally, in, e in eternity, is not going to diminish. And there won't be a time in heaven when you and I say, well, this was good, what's next? going to be an ever-unfolding, blessed, inexpressible experience of coming to know God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, in coming to know Him and in experiencing eternal life in 2022, I want to suggest real strongly that there are some practical areas that you and I might need to address. Not just, not just passivity, but actively taking on certain areas where we can begin to experience eternal life richer and where we can know Him more fully. So here goes. In 2022, what are you going to do with your attitudes? What are you going to do with your attitudes? Uh, there will be attitudes which, by God's grace, you need to embrace. And there will be attitudes which, by God's grace, you need to kick in the teeth long enough. They've been around long enough. And I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, God can help you to do that, both to embrace and to discourage the attitude that needs to be embraced or the attitude that needs to be discouraged. We think, well, you know, I am as I am. That's just the way I am. That's not what, that's not what Christ wants to do in your life or mine. Secondly, in 2022, inevitably, we will be making choices. We're going to be making choices. 
And some of you already have in your mind choices that you're pondering, thinking about. And sometimes choices are thrust upon us. We've got to make a choice. Sometimes we're deliberate. But here's the thing. Choices will need to be made. And, and God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit wants to be a part and guide those choices. Thirdly, in 2022, believe it or not, there will be habits. Now, maybe I'm the only one here that has habits, but just in case I'm not, I'm going to talk to the three or four of you that might need to consider what, what habit in 2022 needs to be broken. Enough of this garbage. Enough of this. Yeah, it's a habit. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to quit it. With God's help, I'm going to quit it. And then what habits, by God's grace, that you have need to be strengthened because of His work in your life? And, and so, again, practically speaking, attitudes, choices, and habits are, are, are important things that we tend to not even think about. But this is areas where we can grow in our knowledge of who He is and, 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 uh, and walk in eternal life in a way that we didn't do in 2021. Three other areas. Relationships. Um, what relationship needs to be cultivated? Prayerfully and carefully. And what relationship needs to be surrendered? This past week and a half, I had the privilege of being with, with my younger daughter and my son-in-law and, and three grandkids and my, my oldest granddaughter, Libby, uh, just, just happened to invite her boyfriend to spend Christmas with us. That was cool. That was cool. He's a great guy. But one of the things that I, I shared with, with, with Libby, just did a 38-second grandpa talk, was this. Uh, Libby, as you, as you pray about this relationship, pray with your hands open, not with your hands closed. Pray with your hands open, which is a gesture of surrender, a gesture of receiving and a gesture of of offering you can't offer like this you can't surrender like this you can't you can't do it unless you have your hands open as as indicative of what your heart's about there'll be some relationships that need to be cultivated and then then there'll be some relationships that you can't escape it's, it's generally called family. And uh, 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 might God want to work there? Might God want you to surrender those relationships and let him, let him be operative there? Then, the use of time and talent. I was reminded as I was speaking last service of a thing that my buddy Dale told me 
way back when I was in college, which once upon a time there were universities, and I was there, believe it or not. And, uh, and Dale said, you know, I heard this little parable. It was a parable about um, Satan getting all the demons together and saying, what are we going to do to really screw up the, the Christian life and Christianity and all that sort of stuff? And there were a number of suggestions made. One of the suggestions was we will try to malign uh, the person of Jesus Christ. Satan said that won't work. You can't malign him. Others would say, well, let's, uh, let's just uh, uh, discourage people by, by uh, uh, inconsistent Christianity around them. And they said, well, that's not a bad idea, but, but that still probably isn't the best idea. And then finally one of the demons came forward and said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put these people in the best church possible. I'm going to tell them Jesus really is the Savior. I'm going to let them know all the good news, but this is what I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them there's still time. There's still time. There's still time. Brothers and sisters, there may not be. There may not be. And so in 2022, surrender your time. Use your time. Invest your time for the glory of God. And say, Lord Jesus, here I am on January 2nd, 2022. Take my time today. Thank you for the gift of it and take it. And then prayer, the word, and obedience. Um, where I work right across the creek there, had a talk with a, with a guy who's recovering from addiction and wants to follow Jesus. And we'll call him Louie, and, and uh, that's not his name, but we'll just call him Louie. And this past week, uh, Louie said to me, you know, you know, I just have a difficult time getting into the habit. I, 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 I have a tough time in the morning. I get into the day and I forget to pray and all that sort of stuff. And what I said to, what I said to Louis, I said this, Louis, first of all, the fact that you're concerned about it. <laughs> Thank God for that. Because six months ago, you wouldn't have even had a thought about that. And then number two, Louis, just offer God 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Is that too much to offer God? 10 minutes? And see what happens. Just say, God, here's the 10 minutes. Thank you for this, that I'm alive. Uh, and and, and, and uh, that he didn't bleed out when I got shot with that shotgun in my leg and they had to revive me. Thanks, God, that um, I was baptized I wanted to be. Uh, thanks, God, that uh, uh, I'm even concerned. And then help me because I'm going to be leaving on Tuesday. You know, all those things can be, can be summed up in less than 10 minutes. And man alive, God hears those prayers. Brothers and sisters, grab hold of your opportunity to at least start with 10 minutes to pray to read and to obey. Now, final thing, and then and then we'll be going into our communion time. Um, 
in the Jesus prayer, Jesus prays for you. He prays for me. And in John 17, five times, he prays this. Father, Father, Father. Help them, meaning you and me, to be one. Even, Father, as I am one with you and you are one with me. Help them to be one in us so that the world might know that you sent me. Your individual testimony is really important. How about our corporate testimony? How about the testimony that we have with other congregations who are following Jesus? What's it like in this community? And what do we need it to be like? Jesus prays for the Sheridan community of believers and says, uh, Father, help them to be one. Even as I am one with you and you are one with me. May they be one in us that the world might know that you sent me. Student body president, when I was student teaching in, um, at Sheridan High School a thousand years ago, uh, we had the chance of having a Christian speaker come and speak to the high school. The student body president and I met him at the airport. And I'd never met that guy. He'd never met me. But we met each other. And the student body president, three or four days later, said, I knew that Christ was real. Even though I had not opened my heart to Jesus, I knew that Christ was real because I saw you two guys. You'd never met each other. You didn't know each other. But you had a oneness that spoke of that. Now, that wasn't calculated. That was just what happened. And that, and that young man became a Christian. Now, how do, we, how do we practically take on this call to oneness? Very, very quickly, let me suggest some things. I'd like to strongly urge you to pray for those different than you are. And also to pray for those with whom you differ. That would bring glory to God. Secondly, to take the opportunity to express a word of appreciation to the brother, to the sister who needs to hear that word of appreciation. Let's get out of our isolation. And then I'm thinking about all the things that contribute to spiritual isolation and shatter oneness. And I'm just going to list a few. These aren't new, these aren't new on the list, but I'm going to I'm going to put them out there because by God's grace, these things need to be put in their proper, proper perspective. And the first thing 
is personality. Not everybody has my personality, and I don't have everybody's personality. And personalities are different. And God forbid that your personality or mine should be a cause of division. Secondly, going with the P, the alliterative P, I move from personality to politics. God forbid that my political allegiances or leanings should be a cause for division with my brother and sister in Jesus Christ. Number three, methodology. The way that you do your thing or I do my thing might be different, but God forbid that that methodology would be a cause of division. And then, and then, and then, God forbid that masks and vaccines should be the topic of conversation all the time when I get together. What you think and what you do about those things, God bless you. And what I think and what I do, hopefully God bless me. But let's quit talking about it. Let's just quit talking about it. We got bigger things to talk about. Amen. I'm glad I got at least one amen on that. Um, another thing that another thing that can divide the body of Christ are denominations. Um, and I <laughs> surprise, surprise. Get ready for this. My, it might blow some people away. When people ask me. So, Gary, what about you? And, 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 and where do you fellowship? And I say, well, brother or sister, I'm a Christian that happens to go to First Baptist Church. I don't say I'm a Baptist. I'm a Christian who happens to go to First Baptist Church. And that's, that's what you got when you got me, okay? And then finally... Division comes from unforgiveness and from nurturing a resentment for days, for weeks, for years. In 2022, it might be time to just forgive. It might be time to let the resentment drop. In Romans chapter 12, paraphrasing that last portion there in Romans chapter 12, Paul says, don't keep score. Let God take care of that. Let God take care of that. Because if you're a scorekeeper, and whenever I'm a scorekeeper, you know what? I'm always at the end of the score. I'm never quite, I'm never quite ahead. And that can become an obsession. Well, brothers and sisters, those are some things about communion that are important. Now, I want, I want to put this into the positive now, and then we're going to have communion. The love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter that is used at weddings. 
the love chapter that we can refer to abstractly. And of course, love is such an abstract thing. But, but the definition that Paul puts, I think, are very, very powerful. It's very powerful when he says, uh, in 2022, in order to facilitate unity, realize that love is patient. And love is kind. Love is not provoked. Love does not keep score. Love does not harbor or nurse offenses. And then, love doesn't give up. In other words, for me to take that step of love and 24 hours later say, well, I tried that, but it didn't work. Not, that's, not, that's not what love is. And then, soberly, before, before Paul says these things about love, this is what he also says. Gary, your eloquence, your Bible knowledge, your great faith, your personal sacrifice mean nothing without love. Read the chapter. That's what it says. That's what it says. That adds up to nada without love. So as we come, Jesus loved those disciples, and Judas was there. And he broke bread and said, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. And let's come and commune together now. Paul?